0: Ashling's America, a weekly look at American life with Ashling Taylor. Welcome to Ashling's America. It's me, Ashling, and this is a weekly glimpse into America through my very English tinted glasses. Working at the United Nations, I've met lots of people from all over the world, and something that has brought my co-workers and I much amusement is comparing idioms from our languages and countries. An idiom is defined as a group of words established by usage as having a meaning that's different from the meaning of the individual words. A couple of examples in British English would be it's raining cats and dogs or the pot calling the kettle black. When someone uses these in day-to-day life, we don't question them and we understand what that person is expressing. However, because the established usage is different and quite apart from the literal meaning of the words themselves. It can make explaining these expressions to someone who has never heard them before a very challenging yet comical affair, because it makes you realise the ridiculousness of the phrases themselves. Thankfully, raining cats and dogs does not involve cats or dogs falling from the sky. But then, what do cats and dogs have to do with heavy rain, I ask you? Well, it turns out there isn't one agreed-upon origin of this phrase. But theories of where it came from range from Norse mythology and medieval superstition to dead animals in the streets of Britain being picked up by stormwaters in the 18th century. In your mother tongue, idioms are second nature. You probably don't even think about their literal meaning when you use them because the cultural meaning is so natural. However, when learning a second language, or third or fourth, as some of my incredible co-workers have done, These phrases are very hard to translate the meaning of from the words alone if you haven't heard them before, and learning them and then using them can also be very difficult because the right time to use them is cultural, not just linguistic. A fantastic story my Colombian co-worker told me was about when she went on a date with an American guy. He told her that he used to work in a bank, but when he found out how the sausages were made, he just couldn't face working there anymore and had to change his career path. She was utterly perplexed. Had he spent time in a butcher's shop? Had she missed something in the conversation and he had been a butcher in the past? Were there sausages in the bank? She let the conversation go on, not wanting to reveal that she didn't actually know what he was talking about. Down the line, she was talking about this encounter to some friends, and they explained to her that this was an idiom. He actually had had nothing to do with making sausages at the bank at all. Yes, the way sausages are made is gross, which is where the saying originated from, but it can be used to describe learning about the darker or messy reality of something, like an organisation or a job. These throwaway sayings are really interesting glimpses into different cultures through language, especially because there are often comparable phrases in different languages, which allow us to see how different people came up with expressing the same idea in another way. For example, in England, we would say don't make a mountain out of a molehill, to tell someone to stop blowing a problem out of proportion. Whereas in Russian, they would say, don't make an elephant out of a fly. I'd encourage you, if you have a spare five minutes, to amuse yourself with a quick Google search of the comparisons of various idioms in different languages. It's so interesting to see the similar circumstances and feelings that people throughout the world have had to find ways to express, in ways that make sense within their culture. And it's also really amusing because the separation between the literal meaning and the established meaning that define these phrases as idioms can reveal the silliness of them. One of my favourite idiom comparisons that we've come across thus far in our conversations at lunchtime is the Russian version of the English expression, when pigs fly, to indicate the impossibility of something happening. In Russian, instead of saying when pigs fly, they say something along the lines of when the lobster whistles on the top of the mountain, to indicate that something is never going to happen, and I just think that conjures up the most fantastic image in my head, and I love it so much. The best evidence of the important cultural aspects of these sayings is that they can be different even within the same language when it's spoken in different countries. For example, English is spoken in both America and England, albeit with minor alterations, but culturally these countries are very different. That's why you just can't wait to get your weekly fill of Ashling's America so I can tell you all about these differences, right? So, not only do we use a few different words like pavement instead of sidewalk, rubbish instead of trash, and plaster instead of band-aid, we also have our own set of commonly understood phrases and idioms. For example, in the UK, we might say something went pear-shaped if it went wrong, whereas in America, they would say it went south. Another example is that if someone was boasting or praising themselves, we might say they were blowing their own trumpet, whereas in the States, they would say that the person was tooting their own horn. Now, let's get into the interaction that got me thinking about all of this. Recently, while someone was explaining the ins and outs of their working day to me, they spoke about how they make sure to prepare everything in advance, despite their plentiful experience, because of Murphy's Law. I must have looked blank, because he continued, You've heard of Murphy's Law, right? To my own surprise, the first place my mind went were the dusty shelves in the back of my brain where I store my GCSE physics knowledge. In that second I was thinking of Hooke's Law, Newton's Law, Ohm's Law, but very much coming short on this Murphy's Law. He must have read my blank expression, and explained that Murphy's Law is that if there's a chance for something to go wrong, it will. Oh, yeah, Sod's Law. I know what you mean, I replied. Judging by his hesitant expression, he had never heard the phrase Sod's Law either. Thankfully, the conversation quickly moved on, but this piqued my interest because it's the first time I've experienced this difference in expression with someone who speaks the same language as me. So I did some research, because after all, this is a great opportunity to give you a glimpse into America through my English-tinted glasses. So, according to the internet... Sod's law is a British cultural expression that means if something can go wrong, it will. The idea is that the person is being mocked by fate, and its meaning is sometimes expanded to mean that it'll also happen at the worst possible time. It is thought to be derived from the British phrase for an average person with bad luck, an unlucky sod. Although the American version, Murphy's law, has a similar meaning, its origin is very different. It was named after Captain Edward Murphy, an engineer working at the Edwards Air Force Base in 1949. He was frustrated at the less than adequate work of one of the technicians and said something along the lines of, Oh, if there's any way to do it wrong, he'll find it. A colleague wrote it down in jest as Murphy's Law, and thus the phrase was coined. Following its use in an Air Force press conference and advertising campaigns, it became widely quoted in newspaper and magazine articles, causing the phrase to seep into the national lexicon. This means that although Brits and Americans speak the same language, their phrase for expressing the sentiment that if something can go wrong, it will, is different. It's Sod's law in the UK and Murphy's law in the United States. So keep that in mind next time you're chatting to someone from America. That's all from me for now, but I look forward to you joining me next week for another glimpse into Ashling's America. See you then. Ashling's America, a weekly look at American life with Ashling Taylor.